Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Melissa. We're just two behavior analysts owning and improving our imperfect behavior. Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. If this is your first time with us, we are behavior analysts who want to share what we know to help you work on some of your imperfect behaviors. If you've been with us for a while, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience as we took a little bit of a break. But we are back with some delicious mojitos that Melissa has made for us. Welcome back, Melissa. Thanks. I'm excited to be back. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about extinction bursts and... If you listen to the marriage episode, this is something that Mitch threatened to have on the network, and Shane was the only one who knew what it was. But for quick definition's sake, an extinction burst is when you have a behavior that has been reinforced and it's maintained, and then all of a sudden that reinforcement, whatever is maintaining it, is taken away. So if it's no longer getting the attention or you're no longer getting the access or the escape that you were getting, the behavior will increase in frequency or duration or intensity, and it will kind of get higher than it was before and then eventually drop off, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, That's a good explanation for it. So we deal with this quite a bit because... A lot of parents are usually at the point that they want to stop a behavior when we come in to help them. Mm -hmm. And then they don't like when we tell them, okay, we have a plan, but the behavior is going to get worse. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it just gets kind of awkward. Yeah. (laughs) But the science is there. And if you kind of think about it like what happens when you put money in a vending machine, and your like when you put the quarters in, it doesn't work, right? And then what do you start doing, Rhiannon? You start hitting the buttons like an animal, or like shaking, shaking the machine, it, kicking yelling it, yelling at it, kicking at it. All those things that don't typically yield your soda. Typically, just pushing the button yields the soda. But when you don't get that soda, that's when you start increasing in frequency or intensity. You know, rapidly hitting the button. Right. So. And then eventually, you kind of just give up because it's not going to work. So that's basically what's happening. And so when I try to explain this to parents, they don't they don't like it. But, <laughs> but yeah, and it is hard to kind of comprehend. I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But if you maintain and not give that reinforcement, it will go away. Because the only reason that we continue with behaviors is because they function for something. Because we get access to something or because we get attention or escape or that, you know, sensory feeling. So if that specific reward no longer comes, there's no reason for the behavior. Right. And it goes into extinction or gets extinguished. Well, I have a good example for this one. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Okay. So I was walking my dog this morning and um, it came to mind about an extinction burst that she had. And she is... A 115-pound-ish Great Dane, one-year-old, still consider her a puppy, and she had this cool magic trick whenever I would take her for walks that if she saw something she wanted to get to and I wasn't going in that direction or she wanted to get away from something, she would turn around, back up, turn into like this limp piece of spaghetti 
and slip out of her harness. <laughs> and it made me so, so incredibly mad. So, but she was getting constant reinforcement from that because she, she, once she did it once and she knew she could do it, she kept doing it over and over and over again. And I got to the point where I was kind of like nervous to take her for walks. So, um, my friend who is like the dog whisperer recommended this harness that had a couple more like pieces to it and it was much more difficult for her to escape. So like a straight jacket? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but I mean... It looks really rugged, and uh, because Great Danes have, like, a smaller belly, like, it was more difficult for her to get out. So the first time I took her for a walk in that, oh, I was so excited. It was like this, like, ooh, struggle now. Just, like, watch you. So sure enough, right away, she started to back out of it. And typically before, where she would just back out once and get it, just one time of that typical behavior when she was in this new harness, she would like back out every five seconds or try to but she never got out of it yes yes so today it just kind of dawned on me now after having this harness for a while she no longer tries to back out because she can't she knows that she's not going to get that reinforcement so she doesn't even try so basically that behavior was from station. i love that yeah and it worked because each and every time she tried she failed and mm-hmm. she didn't get that reinforcement so i tried I have a two-year-old, so everybody knows that they just want what they want, and she's talking now, so now she can even tell me what she wants, which is even better. But we put her some of her behaviors on extinction, or we just try to do planned ignoring for it, or whatever we're working on. But it's hard, because we can handle it in our situation. At least my husband and I, like we're on the right plan, so we know what to do. But then we try to explain it to her siblings, and that's, I think, where a big struggle is, which I think we'll talk about that in a minute. But they will sometimes reinforce that behavior because one of my kids cannot stand the crying and the loud noise. So he gives in like immediately. Who knows what happens when she's at daycare because I'm not there to control for anything. So we're having a lot harder time putting some of these behaviors on extinction and really training her like I would love to <laughs> in mm-hmm. a controlled setting. And that's that's the problem because every it's still inconsistent. So sometimes she still accesses that reinforcement. So sometimes it makes that behavior even stronger because we've given in at some point. Right. And so that's a hard part. A big thing about the extinction process is each and every time we need to not reinforce it. And it's like, say she cried for 30 minutes and then finally it got reinforced. Somebody gave in, you know, something that she was seeking was satisfied. Then that's like a benchmark. The next time, now she's going to cry for 31 minutes because she knew eventually, you know, and same thing with like my dog. If she had eventually gotten out after trying 10 times, the next time I take her out, she's going to try like at, at least 10 times, you know, because she finally got out. And I know that we have a similar behavior with extinction bursts um, when it comes to trying to get a hold of our husbands because... Oh. <laughs> They inevitably put their phones on silent or vibrate. Or they're not allowed to take them into the buildings they're working. But, I mean, not their fault, but still annoying. Because I was thinking about this when you were telling me that you also call your husband. Excessively. (laughs) When we can't get a hold of them, typically we just call one time and the answer, reinforcement comes. That's it. The end. But when they don't answer or when they're out and they have it on vibrate, 
I will call and then I will track the number of calls just to get even more leverage of like, I had to call you three times does not hold as much value as I had to call you 14 times. Yeah, which half the time to be fair to them is really out of their control. But then it's usually if I'm calling that many times, it's because like I really need something. Mm-hmm. Um, We're not crazy <laughs> or stalkers or. Like, um, however, my husband would probably disagree. So one time I got real, I got smarter than the calling option, and I really need to get a hold of him. And it's and it's not even like, and I knew he was home because my alarm told me like somebody had come in the house. So I knew my husband was home. But this is the problem when they keep their phones on silent is that they leave it on silent when they get home. So it's not that I knew he was at work and I couldn't get a hold of him. So he was at home and I really needed to get a hold of him. I think my car broke down or something. So like there was a legit reason I needed to be a little bit more crazy. So I'm pretty clever and can usually figure out how to get what I want. He does not like that quality about me. But so I remember that when you do the find the phone option, you can make it sound even if it's on silent. Like that's the whole point of it. So kind of got around the system of calling him and him not answering and then I made it ring and then he realized that he had missed all these calls for me so I got my reinforcement and then I tried it another time and he was with his friends and then he did not like that very much (laughs) so I'm no longer allowed to do that unless it's a true emergency and I don't recommend others doing that either unless it's a true emergency but Sometimes you just got to have yourself an <laughs> extinction burst. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Eventually, I would stop calling. Eventually, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and call for like hours. What usually happens is I will call back to back to back to back. And then I'll like back off to like every five minutes and then every 10 minutes. Yeah, but that's exactly if you were to look at that right. on a graph, that's exactly that spike of behavior mm-hmm. that we're looking at. Um, it just skyrockets out of control and then it starts going out. So like going back to our parents or if you guys can recognize this when you're doing this with your kids or with whatever life scenario, know that that behavior is going to skyrocket. And if it is, then you're probably doing it right, which is awesome. It's just a matter of getting over that hump. <laughs> I think that's you're you're totally right. And that's probably one of the hardest things to kind of wrap your head around when you make a change or, you know, you read some of these parenting books that have really great tips and examples, but unless they're like that antecedent manipulation, you know, where you're changing something before the behavior even starts, you don't see it. But if you're putting into effect like some sort of consequence change that like after the behavior happens, it's kind of confusing and can get really frustrating when you're thinking like, okay, I made this change the tantrums will go down, whatever, if like your kid is fighting you to eat dinner or your dog is trying to back out of her harness or, you know, something like that. You're thinking that you're not going to see the behavior again, but you will. You're going to see it more. And then unfortunately, some of us just give up because we think like it's not working, but it actually is. And I love the the visual and I would really like to put one up on, you know, the group this week just so people can kind of see that where you start at your baseline and then it's pipe, it like spikes up and then eventually will go back down mm-hmm. once you get through that extinction burst. Yeah. It's amazing when you can get past it, mm-hmm. but it's definitely hard. And so what I would also say about that is 
now that you kind of understand that, hopefully, before you try to do a change in behavior, to get in the right mindset. Like, make sure that you're ready and to acknowledge that these behaviors are going to increase. That way you're more patient going into it. You know you can get through it and you can see the change. And everybody else around you knows this This is going to happen. Right. Love the like, hey, we all need to stay on the same page because um, if somebody else reinforces this. Then it's a matter of, it depends on the behavior and how long it's been reinforced for. But typically, it could you could see a lot of change in a day. But probably if I'm doing this with a, a family and it's been reinforced for five years with these kids, it's usually pretty hard the first two or three days. But by that, that's about it. And then we're, we start to make progress. And it's a lot of helping the parents through that and coaching them through that. But then they're so thankful because what they really wanted, whatever behavior we are targeting, is starting to happen. And they're starting to see that correct behavior, which is pretty awesome. And they're like, we did it. Yeah. You know, and then they feel so good about themselves because they can see that they've actually been able to really help their kid cope with whatever the situation was. Yeah. And being able to kind of recognize in your day, like the exchange numbers you're having, like we talked about the soda example. Another example that I always talk about is the light switch, where typically you go into a room, you flick on the light switch, and the light comes on, and that's your reinforcement. But what happens if you go into a room and it doesn't, you don't get that reinforcement, you kind of flick the light switch on, off, on, off, on, off, trying to get it to come on, and it never does, and eventually you throw your hands up in the air and walk away. Probably I wasn't familiar with that behavioral term extinction burst or the concept of that increase in that spike. I mean, I've done that my whole life, never knowing that I was having an extinction burst. And, you know, like my husband alluded to, it sounds like something really vulgar and <laughs> like from the mind of an eight-year-old boy, but it's really not. Yeah. It's kind of just like in most things in behavior analysis, a really silly term or sounds, you know, kind of off, but it's something that happens all the time. Yeah, all the time. And that's what's really interesting about it. The fact that it, what interests me is that you're trying to make something go away, but then it almost is the opposite before it happens. Mm-hmm. But they see it all the time. But it makes sense when you really like think about the science. Oh, well, it's worked for so long. Why has it stopped working? Like, of course, I'm going to go back to what worked before over and over again until I realize it's just not going to work. Yeah. And so another thing that I want to kind of like put on the radar is when we talk about Extinction Reverse. What typically comes in tandem with it, and the timeline is very variable in this, but spontaneous recovery. Mm-hmm. So say I put my dog, you know, through this extinction burst and she eventually gives up the behavior. I shouldn't be surprised if, say, a month from now, she tries one more time to back out of that that harness and, you know, hopefully she fails and she kind of thinks to herself like, oh, gave it a shot, but still didn't work. And that's likely going to happen if you're in a different environment. Mm-hmm. So let's say you don't take her on a walk in your neighborhood because you can finally leave the neighborhood. <laughs> that if she's in a new environment and gets spooked again, that's likely when it's going to happen because her brain is just like, oh, I just got to I got to flee right now. So that, that's her automatic response to that new environment because... That's what it would have worked for her in the past. But she already knows pretty well that in in the environment in her neighborhood, that's not going to work anymore. And if she, by chance, contacts a reinforcement and does get out of her harness, I'm screwed. (laughs) Like, let's just face the facts, people. I am screwed. She's going to start all over and she's going to know now that that reinforcement exists again. Mm -hmm. You know, just like 
your two-year-old, if you work super duper hard and put this on extinction, she's probably going to like give you multiple little blips of spontaneous recovery. Right. But I, I do think, though, at that point, if you get right back onto the plan, it does, it's easier to, to correct. Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. go completely backwards. It, yeah. It's just kind of like a small little blip on the radar, you know, yeah. of in that graph. It's not going to spike as high as it was in the initial extinction burst. But it's also something to just be aware of that put it also in your mind and make sure everybody else knows, like, this is going to happen at some point in time. Don't feel like a failure. Don't feel like, you know, you're doing something wrong. It's supposed to happen. It's like the laws of behavior. It's science. It's going to happen. Another thing, too, if you're really working on, like, a tantrum behavior or what's a good one besides tantrum? Let's say, like, getting out of dinner. Like, Ooh, we're working escape. on that right now. Let's do an escape behavior. Um, so. But practicing the correct behavior that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So with the food, I want her to at least take one more bite, usually, before she gets out of it. Or she's two, so I don't expect her to, like, eat every vegetable right now. But I do want you to, like, try a small little bite. So she cries and cries and cries. But... I really reinforce when we're not in that table mode, like when she eats a piece of food, like, oh, really good job. That's awesome. You took one bite, like kind of getting her brain to understand what that means at even that young of an age. So I'm practicing that skill when we're not in the mode of that extinction burst so that hopefully when I go to work on that dinner time, I can say, hey, one more bite and then we can be all done. She would have already practiced that and then it will help eliminate some of that really hard extinction burst. Mm-hmm. I think, too, we were, she doesn't know how to wait because she's two. <laughs> and so you had actually been really proud of me. Um, we have a condo, a little, about three-hour drive. So people who drive with their kids know that usually that last 15 minutes is the worst part of the entire car ride. So, and it's like when we're climbing the hill, my husband has to concentrate and all the other kids are like over it. So I remembered I had packed bubbles. So I took that time to practice some weaning skills with her. So I pulled out the bubbles and I was like blowing at them to her, which she loved, but then I would stop them. And she'd be like, more bubbles? I'd be like, wait. <laughs> she did not like that at first, like screaming <laughs> uncontrollably. But then once she got calm in that extinction burst after she like asked a million times for them and she realized that wasn't going to work and I was working on that, hey, you need to wait, quiet. We did like three seconds at first and full visuals and everything. She started to like pick up on it. So that last 15 minutes, by the time we got to the top of the hill, she was able to wait quietly and understood what that meant for about 30 seconds, which then worked really well for the rest of the trip because we really continued to work on that. And it was something so simple. And I had that 15 minutes because I wasn't going anywhere and it worked so great. So I was able to practice that so that I could kind of avoid some of those extinction bursts over the weekend when I wanted to relax and not deal with these screaming matches that we've been going through. Yeah. So I was like, yes, (laughs) I did something positive, (laughs) Um, which was really good. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this week, maybe try to get through the extinction bursts with your kids and co-workers yeah, husbands take some, wives take some ibuprofen don't give yourself a headache don't let your dog run away because that would be bad and call your husband 15 times <laughs> we dare you yeah see what happens yeah see if you get reinforced well thanks again for joining us this week um we've been having so much fun with you guys uh check us out on facebook and instagram at imperfect behavior and we'll see you next week have a good one bye